Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is for Fox's sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox's Sake. My name's Pete Selby and alongside me for episode 70 that we've just found out is Mr Rob Hayes. If I'd have known I'd, I'd <clears> have got a cake. Excuse me, that's me coughing. Happy summer. Happy summer, yes. Bit weird, isn't it? Yes. Is it good or is it bad? What, the fact that it's summer or how the summer's gone so far for Leicester? What are you asking me? Just general, just general chit-chat. Well, what well, I mean Well, that's... the weather yesterday was crap. Some yes. trees fell over. It was well windy. I had some uh, guests over from Germany uh, and I was like, yeah, this is yeah, this is England. You're welcome. Well, what, what I mean by are you happy that it's summer, are you footballed out or is... Because basically we've obviously had a tremendous... Two years mm. or so, 18 months. And uh, I'm quite glad of just a bit of a pause at the moment. People are like, oh, I can't wait till the first game of the season. Oh, when does the football season start? Right now, no, I'll just, just I'm, I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. Well, my football season only finished on Saturday, just gone. Oh, that's right. Yes, you've been gallivanting around Europe for <coughs> European finals and all this. <coughs> Go on in. How was the Europa League final? Okay, which game was better? Was it the Europa League final in Stockholm or was it in Cardiff for the Champions League final? Uh, as a game of football, 100% the Champions, Champions League final. Yeah. The first half of that was one of the best halves of football I've ever commentated on. It, it looked I, I got the Mandzukic goal as well, which was oh, what outrageous, by the way. What a goal. The, you it know, didn't hit the floor, did it? No, not from pretty much on the halfway line. Uh, the, my co-commentator for the afternoon, uh, for the evening, was Jonathan Bell, you know, the young lad from Forest. He, the boy wonder. Yeah, he didn't speak. When, obviously, I was commentating, uh, he was co-commentating at the time. He just sat next to me with his head in his hands, stood up, as if to say, what on earth am I doing at a Champions League final and what has just happened? I saw the photos and I, I wondered the same. What the hell what, is he doing? What is he doing there? The Champions yeah. League final. Well, some people said that about me as well, but no, it was good. It was it was great. I've had a, you, you heard my comments, didn't you? Yes, I did, yeah. Now, I've had a, a very busy month. Uh, we're, we're lucky enough to do audio description commentary at Wembley Stadium as well, so I had all the finals, all the playoff finals. Uh, and what have you down there. They were dull. Uh, some of them were dull. The Championship Playoff Final was one of the worst games I've ever, ever had to endure. Although it's it's nice that Huddersfield are in the Premier League. They will get absolutely annihilated week yeah. in, week out. They, you, oh, it was awful. It's, um, anyway, I mean, they, they were dreadful games, all of them, really. They were all dreadful. Not all of them. Well, some of them. There were no 4-4s. FA or... Cup Final was great. There were no... Steve Claridge, shin rollers and all that sort of thing. South Shields beat Cleethorpes 4-0 in the FA Trophy. I just must have missed that. Julio Arca was, is the captain of uh, oh, South, no, we, South Shields. You mentioned that on episode 69. Oh. Because Neil Medcoff, uh, I get some one in the morning. Of course, of course. Who no one knows, but there we go. So, so Friend of the podcast. So, well, you, so you've us. been busy then? I've been busy, yeah. So I think now, um, obviously I'm never, I'm never glad that football's over because we get to work in football and working in football's great, but yeah. End, end on a high Champions League final a few weeks off now I and I, I've been basically watching Sky Sports News waiting for them to announce that we've got a manager and players and all that 
Yeah, none of it's happened. Well, I haven't. I haven't been. Because I'm, I'm not worried. No, I'm not worried. I'd have liked some kind of movement by now. Let's let's start with something we probably should have done a podcast about the other week, but you know we're busy and and we're busy. Riyad Mahrez. Oh, him. Yeah, that bloke. What don't play for Leicester no more. Sometimes, hopefully. Well, let's uh, that statement, right? Yes. Uh were are you are you happy that he released that statement? Me? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say I'm happy, but I don't mind it at all because. For a start, it's it lays out his ideas and his plans, so there's no guessing. Uh, secondly, and this will be mentioned many times over the next uh, few months and maybe few years, but he again, he's one of those players who got promoted, won the league, and then stayed up and won the league. So he's in that band of 10 to 15 players who, when they go, it's going to be a big thing that they've gone. And I like how he's made the statement. And I think you'll see that from most of those players. I don't like it when a player joins a club and six months later um, he moves. and then, But because he's earned a lot of money, they buy like a whole page in a newspaper and say, oh, I've had a brilliant time and all that. And people say, oh, that's really nice. No, no, no. Do that if you left a club that you've been at for a long time. Or If, if Schmeichel left, he'd have a double page spread in the Mercury. Well, exactly. Or... Um, you've done something special like that, like at Leicester. So for me, it's it's nice. I don't I don't mind. We all knew that he was probably going to go. Yeah, but we, but this takes the probably out of it, which is a good yeah, thing. Exactly, and we all know where he stands. And also, he's not turned around and says, oh, "I hate Leicester. I don't want to play for him anymore." It's a look. I've been here. It's been the best time of my career. I just want to move on, experience new things, and I want to challenge again for major honours. Fair enough. It's absolutely fair enough. Like absolutely fair enough. And the first thing I thought of, and I would ask you this, is what happens if Red Mahrez is wearing a blue shirt of Leicester next season? Um, I I would have no problem with him still playing for Leicester at all. Not a problem. Not a problem. You see, the main thing that people have questioned whether whether it's true or not is 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 the way that he appears on a football pitch particularly this season in comparison to last season, he doesn't seem to particularly work very hard consistently. So so the question would be, uh, and, and he's probably been thinking for most of this season, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave Leicester, which has probably resulted in, in him looking a little bit more disinterested, although he has had flashes of brilliance because he is a very good footballer. He's, he's an... He's an Outstanding footballer. It was winning PFA Pro the year. It well, was. Is has it been? A no, he, he he was. was. Yeah. He was raining. But, um, but, but the thing is, the thing is, regardless of his form and of his possible place in the team or deserving place in the team, um, if he was still a Leicester player, I would have no problem with him being part of the squad and being at the club. You don't just banish someone because they turn around and say, "Look, no, no, no." Th- these things would happen behind the scenes all the time and you won't know about it until players leave or until books are written um but because he's put it he's put a statement out saying look i'm going i'd imagine that a lot of people have said well has anything happened has there been any bids well i believe that something would have been maybe not agreed but he knows he's going he knows he will be snapped up by someone he'll know what kind of offers are going to be on the table because his agent will be Chatting to different clubs. Exactly. And uh, I've just not got a problem. I'd like Leicester to get a good price. Now, 
that's obviously something where, for me, people turn around and say, oh yes, you would have got a lot more last season. Well, I don't agree with that, mainly because this season, football transfers have gone up another notch. Yep. The, the the well-worn stat of Sunderland have earned more money this season by finishing bottom than Leicester earned by winning the league the year before. That just shows you how much more money is in football now. Exactly. It's, what, 35-odd million quid. So, basically, transfer fees that were already through the roof, they have now gone further because of everyone having a bit more money. So, the fact that he, you might have got £40 million for him last year, yes, he's obviously gone down in form, and that one dropped to, say, 30, but it's probably gone up to 40 or 50 because of the fact that transfer fees are going up. Um, so I've not got a problem with him making a statement and when he goes, wish him all the best and all that sort of thing. Um, I'm very happy that our target, or the one especially that I said and, and, and you mentioned as well, uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson, who's been linked with the club a number of occasions, who I just think would be the most perfect fit for the team, um, what makes him choose Leicester over Everton, though? Because if you if you read the latest rumours, it's yes. Leicester and Everton in a bidding war of circa thirty million ish. Well, yes, length of contracts, the amount that we can pay. Um, but it's surely it's surely it's what he's aspiring to achieve as well. Because let let's be brutally honest here. Next season, Leicester are likely to be closer to Swansea than Everton are. So what what for what reason is he going to move from Swansea to Leicester rather than Swansea to Everton? Everton are historically a bigger club. They will finish higher than Leicester City in next season's Premier League. I, I I'm not a betting man, but more I, than likely, I, yeah, I, it's almost certain. Well, I I would still say more than likely because you have to realise that they were powered by an uh, what Romelu Lukaku, second top goal scorer in the Premier League, and he's not going to be there next year. They will finish higher than Leicester. So so why why would Gilfie Sigurdsson come to Leicester? Well, first thing, really, is uh, the fact that we would offer more money than them, so initially the talks will be with Leicester. Um, so if we say, if they say 25, we say 30, you never know, might spark a, a bidding war and the bid is accepted from Leicester. Secondly, wages, end of the day, money talks. If Everton off... You know, seventy thousand, eighty thousand a week, unless they turn around and say we'll give you a hundred thousand and an extra year on your contract. There you go. And also, we might turn around and say, well, look who we're buying. And also, the fact that Everton, like I said, they might lose. Well, not might, because he said yesterday that he's already going to go. They've lost Lukaku, and maybe they might lose a Barkley, say. And Gilfie Sigurdsson might look at them and say, well, yeah, they've they've promised they're going to sign this, that, and the other, but. They haven't. Yeah, but here Leicester are losing N'Golo Kante after winning the Premier League. Losing Riyad Mahrez. It's the same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. But uh, they'll have to offer a lot of money for him and just hope that he is, decides is that to join right? Leicester. Is that right to start splashing money on... Is Gilfie Sigurdsson worth 100 grand a week? And 30, 35, 40 million pounds? Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. If any, in my opinion, if a player is worth that sort of money at Leicester, then he is a Jamie Vardy, he is a Cash Michael, and he is a proven Premier League player, and not just proven, but a top Premier League player in Sigurdsson. Is he worth the thirty slash thirty-five million possibly to buy him? Yes, absolutely. Again, go up in estimation on prices that you would thought I thought last year. Twenty-five million, you would maybe put down as. Gilfie Sigurdsson. If we buy him for 30, 35, I've absolutely got no problem with that whatsoever. 
again, we've got quite a bit of money. We're going to get money for Mares, and in my opinion, if we spend all of that on Sigurdsson, not got a problem. That would be an ideal signing. Obviously, we need other players. We need defenders. Uh, we might need replacements for other players who possibly will go the likes of say a Schmeichel but again you're going to get good money for him but uh, no that's that's where I stand and that's my number one target and and we'll see the thing is with Shakespeare is that he's on holiday now they all went to Monaco as we know for the Grand Prix and a bit of a, a jolly with the owners but congratulations on finishing 12th exactly but um well yeah, avoiding relegation, you know. <laughs> no, and, and, I'm, I'm just joking. Exactly. And, but the, the one thing with me is that when Shakespeare signed the contract to carry on to the end of the season, or agreed to the end of the season, now, the end of the season for Leicester was the Champions League final on Saturday. Yeah. Because we were in the Champions League. Yeah, they, they'll have, yeah, they'll have written some kind of date around then into the contract, yeah. Exactly. Then Shakespeare immediately goes on holiday... So for me, that the deal, if it's going to be done, it will be done that when he gets back from holiday. This time of year, these next week or so, since the Champions League final, for the next two weeks, that's when everyone goes on holiday in football. Then they come back, then deals start to be done, then players turn up for pre-season training. That's how things work. So the reason that nothing's really happened, in my opinion, is because his contract was right up until the Champions League final, when compared to many managers who might have been at the end of the Premier League season. And secondly, um, it's the fact that everyone's buggered off on holiday. Mm. So people so, are panicking. Sunning themselves instead of sorting out the Leicester managerial situation. It'd have been nice to sign the contract before he went on holiday. But Rio Maris has probably gone on holiday. Yeah. He's released a statement first. Yeah, but for me, just I wouldn't panic at all. No, I don't. We, we said on the last podcast that the earlier the better with this. Once, once the a decision has been made, have the conversations early, release it publicly so there's not uh, too much to worry about for the fans, but also uh, so that, that the things can start getting prepared for next season nice and early. You've got lots more time to make your plans, but it's the 7th of June. The season officially finished like three or four days ago. Exactly. So we're, it's not, not... We're, not, we're not running out of time here. It's not massively imperative that it happens whether it happens now or whether it happens in 10 12 14 days there could be a, a press conference in seven days time Shakespeare could be there signing the two-year contract and that will be perfectly timely yeah job done so for me it's just a little bit of downtime and I'm personally quite enjoying it just the lack of noise uh, yes you get the odd transfer rumor like we've heard recently but uh, I, I just like the little bit of time it's great to then look back on what we've done which will be the case for the next 50-odd years anyway. But uh, it's it's nice to look back, and it's good to look forward to next season and signings and this and the other and get excited for the new season. But I don't mind the two, three weeks of just, you know, just a bit of, a bit of time off. So now we're going to do a review of the season. Uh, first of all, apologies for the rattling of pages that I've just been told off. I've got the big programme that you got free on the last game of the season, which is a brilliant programme. I mentioned it before, and I brought you a copy because you were gallivanting somewhere. It's very kind of you, thank you. And it's got, of course, who played and who scored what and this, that and t'other. Because although we are Stat fans and Leicester fans, we can't remember everything. No, not at all. Let, shall we start at the start? Yes, let's start at the start. So we're going to rattle through these and pick out a few highlights. And it's a bit of a, a wander down memory lane for the last season. Some of it good, some of it bad, some of it terrible, some of it great. A lot of it very average. Yeah, that's yeah. 
Sunday the 7th of August. Lovely day, red hot. Wembley. Yes, you were there. I was there. I, I was, was there. I was commentating on Leicester City at Wembley, which is uh, another little dream ticked off there. Very good. I was watching Leicester City at Wembley, uh, and it was great. It was a great day out. We lost 2-1 against Man United, but... Never mind, a good goal by Lingard, Vardy scored, got everyone's hopes up, and then Ibrahimovic late on. But I, I remember the thing about that day I remember most, obviously with you know family, friends, this, that, and the other, really good day. But it was on the train on the way back when people turned around, Man United fans turned around and says, we've been Wembley a million times, and yet you're the happiest bunch of fans we've ever seen before and after the game, even though you've lost. And we're like, yeah, because it's the Charity Shield, you know, we will never be here again. Possibly, mm. it's just enjoy it, you know. We just said, yeah, we just got involved in the in the spirit of the day, didn't we? And and Man United are at Wembley every bloody year, mm. pretty much on and off or for what for whatever one thing or the other. So so for it's it's an outing for Leicester. Oh, it, it is not not meaning to sound condescending towards Leicester City Football Club or the fans or anything, but but we are. It, it's it's not exactly a one-off, but it's a rare occasion to to go and celebrate our team being at Wembley. It is. I remember a couple on the train on the way down and they turned around and said, it's, "Thank God you're playing because um we've played Arsenal, we've played Chelsea, we've played the same teams yeah, over and over crap. again." And it's just it's nice to have someone else. Community Shield's a very average game uh, unless it's got somebody in it like Leicester. Yeah. Um, right, we'll rattle through the months. So we started with a horrendous trip to Hull. Mm. Now, they only had about 12 fit players on Sky, opening game of the season. Hernandez with that overhead kick. Moose has started. We lost 2-1. Not the greatest start in the world. Uh, we followed that up with a 0-0 draw against Arsenal at home. Uh, solid draw. I remember, I remember the holding there. Centre-half played well in that. Um, and then we played Swansea at home and we won 2-1. Goals from Morgan and Vardy. And then we started September. So we've won a game, we've drawn a game and we've lost a game. Bit bit of a mixed bag. Yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag. But we've, we're now back underway and here we go. Then we go to Liverpool away and we get smashed 4-1. And we did get smashed, didn't we? Yeah, 11 shots on target for Liverpool. It was. Bagged four of them. It was horrendous. I, we, I was, we, we were overrun, to be yeah, perfectly fair, I, weren't we? I was in Rio at the time at the at the Paris, and um, and I watched that, and it was it was dreadful. Um, but we had to put it behind us, because the game after was against Bruges in the Champions League. Again, I remember watching it from from the hotel roof, basically, on a on an iPad. It was just glorious scene, you know, not boasting, but it was unbelievable. And obviously a 3-0 win in our first Champions League game we've ever played, all Brighton, Mares with that free kick and again with a penalty, just the perfect day and by all accounts, obviously I was over there in, in South America, you were... I was in Corfu. You are in Corfu, so neither, neither of us were there but by all accounts... Or Crete. It was... Where were Somewhere you? in Greece. Somewhere in Greece. Somewhere warm. You have, you have no... <laughs> gosh, you can't even remember the games, you don't even know where you've been on the holiday. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> honestly, you, you, you sound like a girlfriend... You're, you never remember anything, you... You just said, like, before we, we press record for the, this bit of, of the podcast, you said, I can't remember any games. You don't remember your holidays? No. Oh, God. It, was, it was somewhere in Greece, beginning with C. Well, it Come was... to think of it, I now think it was Crete. Well, it was hot. It was. No, I mean in Greece, in um, Bruges. 
Oh, yes. Was it? Yeah, well, by, all, by all accounts, and we'll come on to this at the end of the show. But, but what, um, what, a, what a way to kick off your, oh, your maiden Champions League campaign. I mean, nobody nobody really knew what to expect because there weren't particularly big names in the groups, were they, that we got drawn against? Everyone said, no. oh, you've got an easy draw. Well, we deserve one because we were top seed. So exactly. Uh, we shove got- that up yours. But the... Um, <laughs> sorry, I listened to that... Um, Completely off topic here. I, I listened to that clip of that Castleford Tigers commentator uh, the other day. You know the one who, who t- calls the referee a dickhead and oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. But you, you know the one I mean. Yeah yeah. That got stuck in my head and now I've just said it on on the mic. Uh, yeah, just just the perfect way to start the Champions League. If 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 we'd have gone into a sort of non non entity of a draw away at Bruges, I don't know if we'd have ever have had the fairy tale that we had this year. But um, we kicked it off perfectly. Strangely, though, the, the, this game actually started a, a run for Vardy. Because uh, he, he scored against Liverpool in the game before in the Premier League. Mm. And obviously, he didn't bag here. And then he wouldn't score again, actually, until December. But we'll come on to that in a bit. Uh, so after Bruges, we went. Uh, we played at home against Burnley. Had a nice little 3-0 win. Slomani scoring his first goals for Leicester. A couple of goals and then an own goal. So played five, seven points. And... Uh, and progressing nicely in the Champions League. Then we played Chelsea in the League Cup at home, and it was a uh, really good game. We're winning 2 1. Okazaki scored a couple of goals, and uh, we had a real changed team. But uh, we were leading, it was on Sky, and then they came back and won 4 2 after extra time. But a good game. Thank you, Mr. Vasilevsky, for, for helping us out there by getting sent off just before oh, that's right, extra yeah. time. Yeah. He, he's good at that, isn't he? He nearly lost us the bloody Premier League when he did that against Arsenal the season before but he got an emotional farewell didn't he yeah we've, we've, <laughs> we've, we've glossed over that one but yeah it was it, that was a decent game it was really entertaining but as soon as he went to extra time we had absolutely no hope no but it was a good way of if you're going to lose losing like that to a, a decent Chelsea who obviously proved it at the end of the season problem uh, is then we went and shipped four more yeah and this game at Man U 4-0 uh, crikey were they all in the first half yeah yeah, 4-1, sorry, because Demario Gray scored that corker. Um, from corners. Oh, yeah, that goal. Oh, ping. Yeah. Which I think kind of got overlooked, really, in the Goal of the Season awards. Yeah. It, what, for Leicester or in general? Um, well, possibly in general, actually. Well, but no, there's especially been for Leicester. Premier League goals this season. <laughs> yeah, there has been. But that was a shocker, because I know you're playing at Man U, but it was defending on corners. It was headers, and there was that pass to so the near easy, post. Wasn't it? Oh, it was, it was a horrible game. Um, but we had to put it behind us because we've got another game in September. So we've not even got out of September. And it's our first home game in the Champions League. All the for all surrounding that. You're playing Porto, the Champions League music, all at the, that. At the Leicester City Stadium. You've not got over that, have you? Really? No, not really. No. Uh, well, I had to call the uh, Millennium slash Principality Stadium on Saturday the National Stadium of Wales. Really? Well, that's yeah. not bad. It's always the millennium, though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Soleimani scores in a 1-0 win. Uh, the, header. The music, the feels, the uh, atmosphere. Mares and... No, Mares and Soleimani. <laughs> I was there. It was great, weren't it? Everyone everyone who was there, they know. Uh, so, yeah, a 1-0 victory. Two out of two in the Champions League. We roll on to October. And October, we draw 0-0 against Southampton at home. The less said about that, the better. That was awful. That literally... You know, if I'm if I'm good at forgetting matches, that is the most forgetful of the season for me. I don't remember anything about that, and I don't remember a lot about Chelsea three nil away. Um, that that they're not remembering those for two completely different reasons. Because Leicester Southampton might as well have not happened. You've selected not to remember Leicester Chelsea, haven't you? 
I have. Mainly <laughs> because by now I've already concentrated on the Champions League and we've got a home oh, tie league. against Copenhagen and we all know what happened with Copenhagen. They brought loads of flares and we won 1-0 against a decent side. Riyad Mahrez tapping in uh, with the outside of his boots. My Champions League debut. Was it really? Yeah. It was a great night and we are now 3-3 three from three in the Champions League. We then take that good form into a home tie against Palace. Guess who scored? Guess who scored the opener? Musa. Oh my goodness me, yeah. Musa I, I scores. Didn't know he, I didn't know he could do that. Musa, Okazaki and Fuchs. That's an interesting trio of goal scorers. Yes. And again, it's and we kept on picking up these victories in the first half of the season, every now and again, just to keep a head above water, or actually a mid-table, really. So yes, we hadn't performed in the Premier League to our level, obviously, of last season, but or maybe to what we expected. But we were only a few places down on where we maybe thought we were going to be. And again, Musa bagged in our next game, which was away at Spurs, a 1-1 draw, which at the end of the season looks very good because we were only one of a very small handful of teams who actually got a point. In fact, I'm struggling to remember another team who actually what, drew... Away at White Hart Lane? White Hart Lane. We'll no. maybe try and find that one out later. But Musa no, scored again. Yes, 2-2. Two and two. Mm. That ended quickly because we drew then away at Copenhagen in the Champions League. I was there in the home end. Brilliant Masquerading away. as a Dane. Yeah, brilliant trip. Um, lovely place. Very cold. The game was terrible. Schmeichel broke his end by punching a ball out in the first half and then made that save from Cornelius. That was an unbelievable save. Yeah. and uh, so a really a good broken points. hand. Really good points. A uh, bit of a shocker in the Premier League next. A 2-1 home defeat to West Brom. You remember that? Slimani scored, but it was a bit... That was when West Brom, you looked at them and you went, hang on, we've lost at home against them. That's a really poor result. But actually, if you ignore, if you get to about uh, March in the season and you've lost to West Brom, it's not the worst thing well, ever no, because they, they were about... They were tootling along in eighth, weren't they, for most of the they season? They were doing very well and then they dropped off massively at the end. Mm. So looking back, it was a poor game. And then we followed up with another poor performance by losing... 2-1 away at Watford. Yeah, we're sort of midway through November here and we're, we're properly struggling, aren't we? We're, str- yeah, we're struggling Mahrez for performances and for results uh, in the Premier League, certainly. And by now, um, the fact that Vardy has not scored is becoming a bit of a news story. Uh, we then play in the Champions League at home. Okazaki and Mahrez score against Bruges, who um, they scored because Ron Ziegler was in goal. But also, they, 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 they were... Obviously the weakest team in the group, but a 2-1 victory at home, not a problem. Job, job done. And it, and again, it was something to take away from our poor performances in the league, which continued with a 2-2 draw at home against Middlesbrough, Slomani and Mares scoring. Uh, and that would be Mares's last goal, actually. So we're at the end of November, his last goal until March. So uh, good, good bit of resilience, though, to, to bag in the 94th minute. It was kind of... Yeah. Um, we did a lot of... One nils uh, in our Premier League title winning season where we scored late on, and 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 there you kind of thought. I think we said in the podcast there we said yes, all right, it's a two-two draw against Middlesbrough, who are who are not a great side by any stretch. But to stick it out, to plug away, to plug away, and to to find a point, we kind of I, I don't know if we were getting a bit hopeful at this point, but we tried to pin it into some kind of positive or some kind of turning point to say right, we did show, display a bit of resilience there. So now we're going to start December uh, with a good performance. Oh no, sorry, we lose away at Sunderland 2-1. Oh yeah, that late goal at Middlesbrough, turning point. Mm. 
sure mm. as we know loads about football. Yeah, Okazaki scores. Then we go uh, into the Champions League again, but we've already won the group and it's our final game and we decide to play a change team and we get smashed 5-0 and it's absolutely appalling. It was it was dire, wasn't it? But I'm glad we did it because there are players who wouldn't otherwise have got an appearance in the Champions League. I agree. Um, there, there were there some, some very questionable. Ben, Hamer, wasn't there. ben Hamer was uh, was was the goalkeeper, mm. which is very interesting considering that was, correct and me if I'm wrong, but his only uh, appearance of the season must have been, yeah. was in the Champions League group stages. Um, but Chil- uh, Chil- You know, Chilwell, I worried about Chilwell then in, in, after that game. I know everybody was poor, but Chilwell was particularly poor. He was a, um, a rabbit in the headlights. yeah. Uh, and I thought, well, this kid who's had a couple of decent performances as, as a youngster, we, 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 we've got a lot of uh, uh, faith in his potential. But I thought after that performance, is, is he is he what people think he is? He, he'd go on later in the season to prove us to to prove that theory wrong. But. And and also the problem with the uh, the losing five 0 was that the Premier League season had gone pretty wrong by Tits now up. it had it had, it's gone wrong by now and the champions league was our really what we were grasping onto and we just got smashed 5-0 even though we were through so we need to turn things around what a reaction we play man city at home it's absolutely hammering it down with rain it's on tv and it's one of the best games i've ever seen Unbelievable! One of the best games I've ever seen. I said at the time, the, o- the if- opening twenty minutes of football. Oh, I've never seen. I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen Leicester play as well for that twenty minutes. Yes, Man City were poor, but I think they were poor because we played well. Vardy's first goals since well, God knows August. It was tremendous, absolutely. Tre- In fact, his first goal actually since the start of September, and he was fantastic. Mares, remember that touch, that first time touch to lay on. For Vardy to round Bravo, who's a clown. Yeah, it was brilliant. King scored, um, amazing. We were falling up with ten minutes to go. Obviously, they score uh, two late goals, but uh, an amazing game, brilliant game. This this was a turning point, wasn't it? This this was going to be like that Slimani ninety fourth minute penalty against Middlesbrough. Here we go, lads. Look through to the knockout stage of the Champions League. Hammered Man City four two. Yep, up we go. Oh. So who do we play next? Uh, Bournemouth away. So we lose 1-0 at Bournemouth. Yeah. And then we draw 2-2 away at Stoke with a, a late goal. So, to be perfectly honest, that's that's a reasonable result. It is. At any stage of any season, 2-2 to... away at Stoke's a reasonable result. Because you've got a home tie against Everton next on Boxing Day. And you lose 2-0. Mm. And it was a poor performance, although I would say it was more of a good performance by Everton. I think Everton were were very good. Um, what's that? Vardy got sent off. What for? I can't remember. Against who? Oh, that's Stoke. Yeah, Stoke. Yeah, he got sent off. I don't remember why. I was just going to overlook it. But the fact that uh, that might but my way didn't score again until what March. <laughs> so it's a loose review. We're not going to go for every game in detail. Oh, we'll be here until yeah. the start of the season. So we lose to Everton. Now we do need to bounce back, and we do, and we win 1-0 on New Year's Eve at home against West Ham. How? West West Ham had some very good chances in that game. It was a good goal by Slimani, though. Yeah, yeah. it back the way he came. Didn't Carroll miss? No, I thought we played quite well that game. Yeah, we it did. It was a good game of football. We did. Yeah, well, no, I'm not saying how did we win it. I'm saying how did West Ham not score? But also, that was our first Premier League goal 
for seven games. Uh, uh, for the seven games. That was the Carroll point, no, point blank not, one in, in, in the six-yard box, wasn't it? What's, that's right. what, what kind of stat are you trying to force out here? I completely got that wrong. Go on. That's the last time that we will score for about seven games in the Premier League. One, two, three, four, five, six, six. Yeah, we scored six. in the seventh, yeah. There we go. Okay, hang on. Over the page. That's a joke that no one else will get apart from family members. Uh, right. And into the new year. Into the new year. So now I go to the programme, which has all of the results in. Yeah. I've gone from not mine, I'm on to the programme now. Hey, we started 2017 with an absolute cracker of a gate. It, oh, no. That was terrible. Nil-nil away at Middlesbrough. <laughs> Although at the time, I, th- I quite was happy with the points. Fair play to anybody that went up there on Monday night. Or Monday afternoon, whenever it was. Monday the 2nd of January. And we were all dreading the trip to Everton in the FA Cup. And no, we won. We won a game. And it saw the emergence of a new signing, Mr Ndidi. Yes. And Ndidi scored. Did he? Against Everton? No. No? Moussa got both. Oh, bloody hell. Moussa scored again. How many goals has Moussa got this season? Probably about the same as Okazaki, and we've slated him. Absolutely slated him. Yeah. dreadful. Well, he deserves it most of the time. dare we? He played all right against Everton, didn't he? Had that one where he um, dropped one uh, low into the bottom corner from the edge of the box, didn't he? I remember that. See, hey, I can remember things hit that... Hit one are, pearl one, drop one curl one. I can remember things that are very abnormal, like Ahmed Moussa goals. Well, there's not many really to choose. So you can remember Ahmed Musagol's. We can't remember where he went on holiday. <laughs> Jesus. Right, so we're going to follow up a win in the FA Cup with an improved performance in the Premier League. Are we? No, we lose 3 0 against Chelsea at home. Yeah, so we. It a, but it was a bad 3 0. That's the second 3 0 on the bounce against them. Yeah, and then we went and. Oh, wait, lost 3 0. Against Southampton. Yeah. Now good. that was on TV, and we were shocking. Absolutely shocking. That's when, for me, the alarm bells really started to ring because we were dreadful. We were completely, we looked completely dreadful. all at sea, didn't we? Uh, we now play Derby County away in the FA Cup fourth round. 2 2. I was there. What a finish by Darren Bent, by the way. Oh, what? Yeah, <laughs> it was weird because it went in and we were just like, yeah, uh, yeah. Is that how, goal? How on earth did how, he slice that behind him? Really weird. It reminded me of uh, I want to say or I always want to say it's either Williams or Moore in the playoff final of '94 when we equalised. And uh, you don't remember this at all, do you? No, I wasn't old enough. Well, you know, Walsh scored the winner. Yeah, the other goal basically. So basically, the ball got played in on a diagonal. The goalkeeper came out, got elbowed by. Uh, Walsh Standard. and it kind of came off his head I think Ormond Jordan were there and it bounced down on the edge of the six yard box at no pace and there was a defender on the line who then tried to head it away and he just missed it and it went in it's the weirdest goal a lot of people forget that and as soon as it went in I just had deja vu of going that's that who is it who's done that That's it's like a, a, a Moore or a Williams whoever it was but uh, yeah shocking by Bent it hammered it down that, that the game uh, Morgan scored a late goal 86th minute to equalise but we didn't I, I play was well. worried no I didn't, I didn't well like that game first quarter of an hour we looked really good yeah and then it all, as soon as they equalised so, yeah. after 21 minutes I was I was down. worried about that game because because people were trying to make more of it than they should have uh, and saying look look they can't carry on playing the way they have been in recent games because whether anybody thinks it is or not Leicester versus Derby is at least some kind of rivalry there's at least some kind of uh, local pride there was uh, lots of Leicester fans there. It was very good. The uh, atmosphere was great. But and after then, that, we, uh, we we still need to 
for a start, we need to start scoring because we haven't scored for a while. Uh, in and we're in the league play, anyway, yeah. And we're going to play Burnley away, so it's worth uh, you can get a point there. But no, a very late goal by uh, Sam Vokes, which he handballed it. He did, didn't he? Cheap. He handballed it. But again, that just it. It wasn't the best performance. It wasn't the worst. But again, that's the sort of thing happens when you're not playing well. We're dropping like a brick now. We're entering uh, February and we play Man United at home. And we get spanked. Couple of goals before half time. Started off okay, Leicester, the first fifteen minutes or so. But then we were just completely outplayed. That um Zlatan Ibrahimovic is one of the best footballers I have had the pleasure of seeing live. In that in that game, when they were managing the game, once once they'd gone three nil up sort of four or five minutes into the second half, every time he got the ball, he was Unbelievable! He he has got absolutely everything. He had, he had he had the swagger, the touch, the control, the the strength, the physicality. He made Wes Morgan look like a schoolboy. It was and, and not just in terms of defending, but in terms of physicality. And you can say what you like about Morgan's performances during the early and middle parts of the season, but he's still a big bloke. Like and 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 Ibrahimovic was just shrugging him off, just. Literally playing with the ball in the court, he was so so good that day. You, you couldn't get near him, no. Even though he's not very fast, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he just yeah. He, and everyone said, oh, he doesn't have the pace to to cope with the Premier League. His legs are gone, whatever. He's never really had legs. He he's an unbelievable footballer. So we lose very disappointingly to Man U at home on TV, and then we play again on TV. This time national TV because we're playing Derby in the replay. Good game. Change team again. Yeah, yeah, and Didi. Indeed, this is the goal I meant. Yeah. I knew he scored in the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. I got it completely wrong. Yeah. Because I said it was away when it was at home and it was the fourth round, not the third round. This was Derby the, um, and Everton, different teams. Yeah, slightly. All, all different. Yeah, completely wrong. But apart from the yeah. competition, that it's was like right. saying Crete instead of Rhodes or something. Corfu. Whatever. List of both begin with C. Right. Uh, this is the one from outside the box. Low one? Uh, yes. I think so. so. Was it? Yeah. Right, 20, it was a long 20, range. Twenty yarder, wasn't it? It was a long range goal. Very good goal by Diomari Gray in extra time as well to mm-hmm. seal it. Again, a good game as well. Uh, Derby changed their team. Leicester changed their team. Yeah, because Derby were trying to get into the um, trying to make sure they were in the playoffs, weren't they? They've been a bit too clever, in my opinion. They were, uh, but we need to turn this Premier League form around. And we're now playing Swansea away. Memories of last season when. We won, what, 3-0, Mares scored all three. And we go and lose 2-0, and we still haven't scored in ages. Now, the alarm bells, they're not ringing, they're falling off. Okay, in the Premier League, we are right down. They are deafening us. I think we are goal difference off the relegation zone, just dropping like a stone. It's it's horrendous. It really is poor, especially because next we're in the FA Cup, and we go to Millwall. What a game. And you loved it, didn't you? You oh, loved everything about that game trip. game I've ever... It's horrendous. The game was terrible. Leicester was shocking. There were performances by players that who probably will never play for the club again, and deservedly so. And there were some players who just... They were awful. The whole day was dreadful. Millwall are an appalling club. They were dreadful. Their fans are a disgrace. Their team was rubbish. Um, the whole thing was bad. The whole thing was bad. I concur about their fans after the playoff final. At, oh, you were there. Wembley. That's yeah. right. Go on in. When they managed to get onto the... Um, now, at Wembley, I've they have... I've never seen a pitch invasion at Wembley. Well, they have those kind of like string, kind of like cattle grid type things yeah. in front of the 
the in front of the fans. Yeah. So you can't get on the pitch. No one gets on the pitch at Wembley Stadium. And if one loon does, that's it. One loon somehow. They went. There they is went, no such they thing went as strengthening numbers. But Millwall turn up at Wembley and somehow invade the pitch. Yeah. The, it was. It was. There was nothing particularly violent going on. But they were they squaring up to the opposition yeah, players. Some of them squaring at the manager. The first ones came squaring on. Squaring up to their manager. The first ones came on. They were like, "Whoa, look at me! I'm on the pitch. Oh, he's a Millwall player. Yeah, put my arm around him." And I thought, you know what? The euphoria of it, it's it's all right. But then I thought, these are Millwall fans. This is going to get worse. All of a sudden, they start um, pelting it into the into the opposition half, sort of rubbing it right in the opposition players' faces. I saw an eight-year-old child run practically the length of one of the um, one of the Bradford stands. And give it the V's. It well, m- must have been no more than eight. Where where were the parents? Probably on the pitch doing the same oh, thing. Yeah, too, they, they are. Honest. They are. But, Looking at the stands at Millwall, but you're, it's, you can see why you're, the kids you're are a doing Bradford it. player. You're booing yourself. You've got, you've got Millwall fans running at you. Booing yourself. Um, <laughs> no, but this it's, is, a, it's a family show. Yeah, but th- my problem is Millwall. They got on the pitch against Leicester, and okay. They've gone on the pitch. It was it was the terrible. There was no police. The police outside didn't give a damn. It was just a terrible, terrible occasion, terrible day. They threw coins in their next game. Who when they played was it Spurs or they were on TV? Those lads were throwing coins and this and the other. Mm. Oh yeah, only Millwall. They invade the pitch at Wembley. I'm sorry, but this happens all the time. When are Who, the who's going to learn? Yeah, when are the FA going to do something? They're now they've been promoted. They're in the Championship now, so they've got the likes of Leeds United. Um, they've got big clubs, Sheffield Wednesday, with big followings mm. who are going to go to Millwall. They've got games against other London sides like Charlton, etc. Um, they've got some big games to come up against Sunderland. So there's going to be three thousand odd fans down there again, like they were with Leicester. It's going to be horrendous. The FA just don't care. Again, I, I, they, it's Millwall. Just ignore him. We know what they're like. Well, if you know what if they're like, know, stop them. Stop them. I'm not being funny, but their fans can get so close to. I'm not talking the pitch. I'm talking the touchline where people take throw-ins from. So, if that happened to any other club, I'm, I'm sorry, but they wouldn't be allowed to be that far forward. No. You know, in the Champions League, where you get the netting over the front through few rows. Yeah, you'd, yeah, you'd, you'd have that, wouldn't you? In many, in many grounds, that's what needs to happen at Millwall because they just run amok and no one cares. No one cares. And if they, how many times have they ran on the pitch? They just keep on doing it. Mm. Do they get banned? No. Oh, it's only Millwall. Millwall. Yeah, it's they're they're a horrible club. Anyway, horrible. This is a Leicester podcast. Sorry. So we'll we'll move on from the the, the thing is. We're really, really panicking now. We're we're really worrying. We want to be feeling good, feeling positive about the the Champions League knockout stages, but we weren't really, were we? Let's be perfectly honest. No, we're in went, Seville. Went away to to Sevilla, and we were unbelievably lucky to get that scoreline. I was delighted, delighted. We said on the podcast, look. Let's if we're going to lose it out there, let's lose it two one, so that at least we've got a goal to bring back rather than a one nil. Uh, draw would be excellent, but a, a goal and a loss will take. Uh, and two one we came back with. If you just look at the scoreline, you think, yeah, yeah, job well done away from home, but we, it could have it could have been four or five nil. It could have been. It obviously seen uh, it was the last of Ranieri. He the last knew time before he, was... he before yes he apparently. did, and uh, he, he had his little wave on the pitch, didn't he? Yeah, and you watched it on TV going, hang on. You know, and uh, obviously we weren't there in in the ground itself. 
Uh, a great save by Schmeichel for the penalty. A 2-1 result was an amazing result. Vardy scoring for the first time in Yonks. And then, obviously, Ranieri left the club. And we've discussed that. Again, this is just a very brief overview of everything. So Shakespeare is in charge of us against Liverpool at home. There's a big fraud around the club, national media, everyone against Leicester. And we turn up and smash Liverpool. Did you expect us to have that reaction that instantly? Um, I thought that we would come out flying and we might score early, but Liverpool at the time were playing well and they were the sort of team who could really do some damage to Leicester because basically everyone else who's got anything about them had turned up in the club and not just won, but won by oh, two or three nil. nil yeah. Yeah. Um, three nil, uh, a 3-0 defeat was yeah. becoming all too regular, wasn't it? Exactly. So to go three goals up, and then of course they scored with Coutinho with 20 minutes to go. Vardy scoring a couple of peaches, uh, a good header, I thought. Mm. Drinkwater scored a great volley, which was voted goal of the season yeah, by the club. That was, that was an unbelievable strike. The ball, great was, strike. ball was dropping sort of behind him. He's readjusted. That should, by all intents and purposes, go uh, like out of the King Power, exactly. the way he's hitting that. There's no way he can get up and over that, but he did. I thoroughly enjoyed that game because uh, I got to commentate alongside my colleague, but also Liverpool fan, Stephen Jameson. Yeah, and I, he I was sat there a... and he was like, you're going to turn us over here, aren't you? I was like, I'm not so sure. I'd like there to be a reaction, but I'm not so sure. And we did, and every time we scored, I uh, <coughs> accidentally gave him a, a nudge in the side to say, uh, yeah, there you go, there's another. And for the first time this season, we actually backed it up. Because the next game was Hall City at home. Couldn't and stop scoring, mate. Couldn't not stop scoring. No, not at all. And we did. We scored three goals. Christian Fuchs, uh, Riyad Mahrez scored for the first time in Yonks in Huddleston own goal. They actually took the lead. That Fuch- Yeah, they did. But that Fuchs goal was excellent. Uh, we didn't. We, as soon, when they took the league, at lead, I didn't think... Was oh, that the volley? Uh, it was the one where he's basically bombed it down the left-hand side and there's uh, there's been a lot of sort of interplay and he's made his little run inside and I think he hit it right-footed. Which, oh, yeah, yeah, was, I, know, I know which one. Which yeah. was surprising. But yeah, that, it, was good, it was good to see because, let's be honest, one good result against Liverpool could have been a bit of a freak result, could have been the instant managerial bubble, if you like. It could have burst after 14 minutes when, uh, when Klukas scored for Hull, but they just... Reset. Is that future Leicester when, player, Lucas? Former Leicester player. Could be future as well. Could be, yeah. Would you have him? Yes. All right. Uh, that's for another time. Uh, wheels could have come back off. Could have gone into their shells. Could have gone, oh, we're not a very good football team anymore. But they just went, right, we're playing like this. This is how we're going to play. And three more goals. Momentum. A lot, I know a lot of people out there don't like the use of the word. I'm not being funny, but it does happen in football. Look at this season. Not scoring goals, losing after losing after losing. Get a good result. And then all of a sudden, we're on a bit of a roll. So we've won two out of two in the Premier League. All guns are blazing because we're now slightly out of trouble. We're not pulling away by any means, but we've just gave ourselves a bit of a breather. But how much better are we feeling about the second leg against Sevilla than oh, we were yeah. the first? Oh, yeah. It's... One, because we had the result to bring back. Yes, we were a goal down, but we had an away goal. And second, two, because... because we banged six goals in... Yeah. In what was that? Six goals in... in Two games. Two games, yeah. Vardy scoring again. The team's playing the way that we like and we know... And also the fact that we can go into this game enjoying the fact that we can just ignore the Premier League for a minute because, again, we've just had that little bit of a breather from uh, we're about 16th in the league, 17th. We're not in the relegation zone. And we can just concentrate on Seville to enjoy the game. And did we, Eckers? Did we? The, did atmo- we? the atmosphere there was 
unbelievable. Amazing. The I'd... Morgan goal, the place went nuts. All Brighton's goal, place goes crazy. Nasri loses the plot. Their manager goes crazy. Let's slip the dogs of war. The noise, the anthem, the final whistle. Everything was unbelievable. I'm just looking at the... Uh, Leicester had four bookings in the last quarter of an hour. I wonder how many got, of those were got for... Got a bit hairy, didn't it? <laughs> how many of those were for uh, time-wasting? For time-wasting and stopping people on counter-attacks, that kind of thing. Yeah, the, the whole I remember Riyad Mahrez's. That was excellent. Mahrez has got, in the 89th minute, that was just taking one for the team. Yeah. Someone had broke and it was, hang on, and he just, just cropped him on the halfway line. And Riyad Mahrez puts in a tackle in, in shocker. Well, it, it was... It was a very, I mean, it was the sort of thing he had to have done, but he did it. Um, you know, and I'm just looking at that. He stands out. I remember that. And it was like at the time going, yes, Riyad, you know, you've done exactly what you should have done. You've taken one for the team there. Um, brilliant. And it was an amazing night. And it's a night that not just stands out in the season, it stands out in... It will stand out in history, won't it? Oh, God, Let's yeah. Let's be perfectly honest. And I'm I'm extremely glad... Obviously, 133 years. It's possibly the best night we've ever had. Yeah. Obviously, I'm very uh, very grateful for the role that we have at Leicester City and, and obviously in the in the wider world of football. But I took the, the chance to go and watch this as a as a supporter and I'm very, very glad I did because you kind of forget... We sit here and do this podcast and uh, as fans and, of course, we're fans. But that, that time, I could just switch off and be a fan. And I'd almost forgotten what it felt like but to to rediscover that on that particular night was was special see i've not had that yet i need to i need to go to the king power as a fan rather than working although to be fair i did that game i i was just just on it right on it you know i didn't take my eyes off the game for one second it was it was just amazing there was nothing wrong with the night at all it was the perfect game but we were not out of the water yet. We've got to look forward to the next round of the Champions League. Amazing. But we've got a trip to West Ham and we go and win. Mares scores in the league. Vardy scores in the league. And Robert Huth put us 2-0 up after seven minutes. And we hung on with a fantastic save at the end. Casper mm. Schmeichel from Andy Carroll. Point blank. How many times has Mares and Vardy scored together in the season so far? Well, uh, people were trying to work out how many times they passed to each other. Yeah, which was nominal. So we've won three on three out of three now under Shakespeare in the Premier League, and then we start March. I'm going to try and find the last time Vardy and Mares score. So you can do the next couple of games. All right. So we start April, Pete, not March, but April. Yeah, whatever. Um, was this the Indeedy Thunder <clears throat> Thundercracker? Oh, uh, oh, we were playing Stoke. Yeah, yeah, was wasn't it? Yes. That was that was that was some goal. Yeah, Vardy scores again. Yeah, of course. Uh, and uh, a 2-0 a solid 2-0 I say a solid uh, a, a very strong 2-0 win against Stoke City we were we properly hammered them from uh, from my recollection of that and I, I had a bit of a sore throat that day uh, and it sounded like I got a bit overexcited about Andidi's goal because my, my voice broke as he struck it and I was like ah, Andidi what did you do? yeah that right mm. uh, the game before against West Ham that was the only time this season that Mares and Vardy scored in the same game Thanks for that stat. There you go. I just had to check. But we, I think we we also said that coming out of that, um, off the back of the Sevilla and West Ham results, that look, Stoke at home, Sunderland at home three days later, needed six points there, didn't we? We needed, we needed to, to get the points on the board, climb the places, two very beatable teams, especially in the form that we were in, especially with our home performances. And we did two 2-2-0 uh, two, two wins, to back-to-back clean sheets, 
six more points on the board and we were we were looking decent then. Yeah, it was a very good win against Stoke. Uh, against Sunderland... It was a bit more of a struggle, wasn't it? It was. It took until the 70th minute for Slomani to score and then Vardy scored uh, with 12 minutes to go to really put it out in the reaches of Sunderland. But they played well for the first half especially. Uh, so those two wins on the bounce. Then we go and have a difficult tie away at Everton. That was a weird game. It was, it was strange. Was it was goals very up and down, wasn't it? Yeah. We, we accidentally conceded a goal inside the first 20 seconds or something just because Tom Davies had a wander through and Leicester were like, ah, oh, the ref's blown his whistle. We started the game, have we? Yeah, he's a hippie. He's got the football. We'll just leave him to it and he'll score. But 10 minutes later, we're 2-1 in front. Slomani, Albrighton, Lukaku after 23 and then really they pressed home an advantage, score before half-time and Lukaku again uh, but we still had chances late on. We didn't throw the towel in at all. And uh, it was uh, not the ideal preparation because it was a Sunday. Was it a four o'clock kickoff or earlier? Still, it was a Sunday. Yeah, there was a bit made of that, wasn't there? Yeah. About it being on TV. And... Because Wednesday, we were playing in the Champions League away in Madrid. So quarterfinal action. Griezmann scores a penalty, even though it was outside the box. Everyone Shocking. could see. I could see and I would be on the dugout. And uh, yeah, sitting, the other ne- side of the... sitting next to Wes Morgan. Sitting next to Wes Morgan. <laughs> and... Um, Look with with his weird shoes, uh, but one nil. Never mind. It's not the end of the world. We're still in the game back at the KP. But before that, we've got to go to Palace. Of course, the scene of roughly about the same time of the season where we went and won one nil. Mares scoring last season, uh, and it was when all the fans stayed behind and says, you know, we're going to win the league this time around. Slightly disappointing because we were two nil up after fifty two minutes. Uh, Huth and Vardy but then they call it back to 2-2 and really a good point in the end yeah just just a good one to, to notch on the board and uh, and and have some kind of positive result to move on to the to the home leg against Madrid yes and we need, still need the points in the league uh, of yeah, course, course the, the Madrid game at home we all know what happened uh, they scored after 26 minutes a good header come back the way it came from and Second half, we needed to change, and we did. Vardy scored. We threw the kitchen sink at him. There were what, chances. What Vardy, a, what a go we Joa, had! The crowd noise, the um, the flags beforehand were un- unbelievable. The KP looked amazing, um, and we we left the competition with our heads held high. Very much so. Yeah, I oh, was. Yeah. Um, I managed to turn. I was working, but I managed to turn the game on about five minutes before Vardy scored. So oh, I've been, that's I've right. Been, yeah. I've been watching the score updates, and I've gone, "All oh, right, we're one 0 down. We've got a, a bit swimming, a you? bit of a mountain to climb." Yeah, I, I ran. A, I, I ran a lap of the Ponds Forge pool when when Vardy scored, and then I sat and watched the next half an hour via. I had it on three different devices just in case one decided to pack up, just so, <laughs> just to make sure. I had it on Jamer's phone. I had it on uh, Lad Ross's laptop. I had it on mine as well. And I'm just sitting here, just and it was head in hands every couple of minutes. How how many chances did we create? And and it's not. Uh, a case of uh, of the players bottling it in terms of the goals that go in. It just wouldn't go in, would it? If I think we, if we'd have got one more, maybe, we got with one maybe more, five minutes to go or something, I, I'd have backed us to make it. If if one of those chances went in, uh, as Joe was with, with about 12 minutes to go, yeah. if that went in, we, we would have got another one because they were absolutely reeling. The only way that they could respond was by throwing more stri- strikers on the field and try and break. How they didn't score in the end, I have no idea another to make it 2-1. But uh, never mind. 1-1 on the night, we're out of the Champions League, but we gave it a right go. We lose then at Arsenal a week later, 1-0, a very late goal, lucky deflection. Uh, it went down as an own goal. It was agonising, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was. 
But by now, we just needed an extra win to cement a place in the Premier League. And we got it at West Brom. Happy hunting ground for Jamie Vardy, scoring just before half-time 1-0 to Leicester. And then we're backing up with a 3-0 win in May against Watford at home. Indeed, Mares and Albrighton. And then we play against Man City away, 2-1. We know what happened there. Dodgy penalty. It was just a bit of a mess all round. They, I mean... We we had a penalty and we scored. We know that Mares slipped and he double kicked it, but encroaching, encroaching, keeper off the line, pedantic ref. Theirs was never a penalty because it was offside. Uh, sorry, and never never a goal because he was offside. Silver. It was a penalty for Jesus because he just got floored by Bella Lewandowski. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and then the last two games were largely um, forgetful, really, because by now we'd, we're going to finish roughly mid table and. Half our team are missing. We get smashed against Spurs. Smashed. They just steamrolled us, really. 6-1 at home. A real down point. But a 1-1 draw against Bournemouth, the highlight would have to be uh, Birchie's run. Yeah, great great for him to be to be back on his feet, back in front of the crowd after having a few months off, rightly so, to to recuperate. And and I wasn't there, but I get I get the feeling that uh, that there was more feeling behind that run than than there has been in in many years. Obviously, everybody likes to back it, but um, I think the atmosphere because it meant so much more to see him still there and still being able to do the run. I think I think the atmosphere, the final game atmosphere, was was what from what I've heard one of the best in in recent years. Would you would you concur with that? Yeah, his thirty seventh run, and people wanted to not only give money but shake his hand, wish him well. And uh, and Leicester did a lap of appreciation for the Champions League run, for the efforts in the league, and just the support that Leicester fans have given them. You know, sold out every game at home, all the away ends, pretty much as well, especially in Europe. And it was just an eventful season. And now we will move on to our for Fox sake end of season awards. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of For Fox Sake, welcome to the 2016-17 end of season For Fox Sake podcast awards. <laughs> Please welcome your host, Mr. Peter Selby. Thank you very much. Thank you. Autographs later, no pictures. Now, the end of season awards are going to go in the following order. Favourite s- game. Ooh, hang on. Sorry, the voiceover mind no, got press, excited. Press the button too early. Right. Uh, Favourite game. Sorry, pressing it again. Lent on it. Right. <laughs> First award of the night. Favourite game. That was a bit late. Though, bit late then, weren't you? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, first award. Favourite game. Now, I have selected two for me to choose from on it. Yeah. I've gone for Seville at home mm. or Man City at home. Okay. Now, we've we've discussed both of these in the, in the season review. We did. Pick one. If you asked me at the time, I would have... It would have taken something monumental to have beaten the Man City game mm-hmm. because of just that one-off performance. It was amazing. But then again, was Sevilla at home monumental enough to displace Manchester City? Yes, it was. Are was, we deciding on these one each, or are we deciding them as an overall podcast award? Uh, we'll pick one each, and then we'll decide whose is <laughs> whose is the best. Okay. So I'm going to go for Sevilla at home. But then again, I was going to refer back to when we beat Man U five three, the best game that. Pretty much Leicester have ever played in in 
yeah. because of, of 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 the fact it was on TV against a great Man U team. The goals were amazing. The whole thing was amazing, and yet we've just destroyed it over the last eighteen months. So I'm saying Seville at home. Yeah, I have absolutely no reason to disagree with you. That is, uh, I got I got to be a Leicester fan again. The atmosphere was amazing. The, the performance thing. was amazing. Absolutely, every there was nothing, absolutely nothing I would have changed about that. The whole thing was was amazing. So we're going to go with that. That's that's nice and easy. On Decided. to the uh, second award. I press the button. Worst game. Thank you. So the worst game again. I've picked five, and I'm going to choose one of them because there were quite a few to choose from. Unfortunately. Yeah. Now, my five. I'm going to choose one from. I've got. Man United away, mm-hmm. Porto away, mm-hmm. Millwall away, mm-hmm. Southampton away, mm-hmm. and Spurs at home. Now, the one I should really pick is Spurs at home, but because the season had done, done and dusted and we had a half a team out, for me it's a no-brainer, it's Millwall away. Yeah, I I have also written down Southampton at home, uh, purely because oh yeah it was shocker it, yeah more on you that know, word later by the way but, you know what oh yeah oh, oh yeah oh, that, that, yeah you got to do it that yeah way. but the, obviously it was it was a draw right but as an as an actual game of football it was crap it was horrendous but I I think Millwall Millwall They've, tops it they sat there bottoms it who Claude Puel have they I think so oh anyway um top half finish not good enough for you then no not at all uh, and selling all the players. So what we're going for? What did you go for? Uh, Millwall. Yeah. Oh, Millwall. So we decided on that one. Two My from God. two. Ding! This is, this is horrendous. This is like a game show. Right. Moments for Fox. Eh? Oh, oh, hang on. Press the button. Favourite moment. So favourite moments. Uh, I've got quite a few as well. Uh, there were, yeah, there were. We, we've had a lot of positives and negatives this it season, was. haven't we? It was, yes. Uh, I've gone for um, Vardy against Man City. Um, yep. I think the goal where it was laid off by Mares and just 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 Vardy basically against Man City those those first twenty minutes um, I, I put actually when he made it three nil mm-hmm. that was that was the moment um, I've got the Champions League music for the first time at the King Power I've got Schmeichel saving the penalty against Seville at home yeah okay um, who I've, took that one and Zonzi yeah Stephen Zonzi lol I've gone for when I first heard that Ranieri had been sacked. Because I'm not saying it was the greatest moment, but it was just one of the. I remember where I was. I was at the bar in the curry house, as you know. And um, yeah, but you could pretty much say that about anything that's ever happened, and I believe you. Yes, but it was. Um, <laughs> but it was a real moment. You know, I will never forget that. I will never forget when I heard or found out that Ranieri had been sacked. Maybe um, I should change the voiceover just a moment. Right. Other than favourite moment, because it doesn't sound like a favourite one. It was it was a moment, well, key yeah. moment. Well, actually, actually, it was moment of the season. Yeah, moment of the season. And um, and then I've gone for the final one. I've gone for Vardy's goal against Liverpool, the first goal against Liverpool, because mm-hmm. it broke his duck for a long time. And it, obviously, we scored. Um, we, we needed to score early, win the game. La di da di da. All the pressure and all that sort of thing. Um, the moment I'm going to go for is um, I'm going to go for Schmeichel's penalty save against Seville interesting as my moment because that's when I knew we were going to go through because it, as, a, as a single moment for me that that one that one's mine that was mine I have gone for 
a um, uh, one one that was on your list actually the the first time Ooh. of the Champions League music not the first time it was at the King Power because I wasn't there so it doesn't count uh, the ah. the second home game is it was the moment of the season for me um, if you'd have said to me before this before last season I'd have got to have commentated on Champions League football uh, at some point in my career I'd have gone you're having a laugh to do that for the first time at the home of Leicester City your club having uh, like sort of commentating uh, sort of talking the players out of the tunnel as the music came give me the feels right that was my moment at Leicester City Stadium um, Leicester City <laughs> don't so don't so that's your yours is against Copenhagen the Champions League music yeah but let's uh, because these are for Fox 8 podcast awards and not the Rob Hayes awards Let's go with the let's go with the one you've picked. We're going to go with Schmeichel then. Yeah, that's democracy for you, isn't it? Okie dokie. Uh, next award. Worst individual performance. Now, worst individual performance. Um, I've written a few, mm-hmm. as usual. For I've got um, the referee in Madrid. <laughs> yeah. I've got, uh, and just for that one decision, really. Uh, I've got Ben Chilwell versus Porto. Yeah. Schlupp. Versus Porto, yeah, and I've gone for a joint effort, King and Mendy against Millwall, who had the what a midfield. They had the entire pitch to themselves. They're honestly Millwall dreadful, and they just didn't know what to, they they were clueless. They were dreadful. Um, my selection though will be Jeff Schlupp against Porto. I think it's the basically the game that sealed his move away from the club. Yeah, he was the experienced player amongst either new signings or younger players, he should have been the one who's had a sensible head on his shoulders, which I know doesn't normally go with Jeff Schlupp. But he hasn't got a head on his shoulders. Yeah. That's that's the whole and, problem with him. And for me, it was just... Um, I mean, at the end of the day, when I look back at Jeff Schlupp, yes, he's been a Leicester player for years. He won the league. Very important player in in, in moments. You know, not overall in his whole career. But yes, he, he will go down in history as one of the uh, players who won the league at Leicester. He scored an important goal against Norwich. But... That game against Porto, he was biblically bad. Yeah, uh, I was also looking at Porto for the for the worst performances. Uh, I was I was gonna give it to Ben Chilwell, but as we mentioned in the season review, I think that was uh, one bad performance amongst many, both at Porto, uh, but also the fact that Chilwell has come on leaps and bounds in the last three or four months to very much become the promising. Uh, understudy to Fuchs that he is uh, so I am also going to go with Jeff Schlupp yay there we go there we go uh, our next award overreaction of the season so overreaction of the season now there is only one nominee yeah this is this is like one of them awards that you know who's going to win it before you announce it it's not like the it's not like a dramatic envelope opening. This no, award, this award may well have been brought into this award ceremony solely because the people or persons winning it needed to have a horrendous award named after them. Yeah, and it might not be the last. Uh, the winners of the award are basically the world's media and football supporters for their reaction to Ranieri being sacked. The now we hate Leicester and we've got a right to hate Leicester and all the troll players, players snakes. snakes and all that sort of thing. Mm. And um, I don't care. I don't care that a fan who supports Inverness now hates Leicester. Great, join the bandwagon last season. If you want to come and support the club, brilliant. But just because Ranieri was sacked doesn't mean that you have to automatically hate the club. Um, he deserved to be sacked. He's an absolute hero. He's he's a legendary manager at Leicester. 
and everyone loves him, but he needed to go. So tough. I mean, funny tough. Some of the things, some of the, you go back on YouTube or places, and you type in Ranieri sacked, and not only will you hear our podcast on YouTube on our YouTube channel, but uh, you will hear and see lots of either Sky Sports news or radio station clips from not just the hours or, or day of him being sacked, but literally the next seven, ga- oh, uh, seven it days. Oh, dragged on, didn't it? All the way until the Liverpool game. And you listen to some of the absolute nonsense that's been spoken. Bobbins. Uh, well, yeah. And by people who, you know, are quite like or, or respect. It was dreadful. The owners are should be ashamed of themselves. They don't know football. Hang on. Hang on a minute. Look up and now look at it. And if I'd love to, I'd love to write down a list of these names and go, just and and sit them down in the room and Have play a look it at back and play it back. It says this is what you said after the game. Absolutely, like horrendous, like really poor things about the club. You should know better as a as a uh, as a journalist and a so called expert. What do you think now that Leicester were safe and progressed like they did in Champions League? It was just a massive overreaction. I love a Pete Selby ramble. Yeah. It was it was terrible. It was terrible. Uh, oh, let's go on to the next one, shall we? Right. The Johan Benelowan Remember Me Award. So this is the Johan Benelowan Remember Me Award, and uh, again, there's only one nomination here. Who is it? It's Johan Benelowan. <laughs> remember him? Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, remember him? Like he he signed and then he he uh, didn't play ever. And, and then we farmed him off on loan and he didn't really play on loan. And, and then all of a sudden, every day on Instagram, he was training with Leicester. And I was like, who is this fella still? Is he still here? And then all of a sudden, he played because we needed centre-half. We're like, yeah, we and need he, a centre-back. Vasilevsky. Mm. Oh, yeah, there's that Ben Lohambler. What, is he still here? Yeah, yeah, he's got a squad number and everything. Should we chuck him in? Yeah, yeah. go on then. So it's turned out to be all right. He tried a back heel in every single game. Loves it. What's going to happen Ball next season? Ball playing centre half. Yeah, he's he's like the sole bamber of this generation. So Johan Bellerman wins the Johan Bellerman Remember Me Award. Uh, our next award is the Oh Yeah. So this is the Oh Yeah Award uh, awarded to someone. Where, oh Yeah, remember him? Well, not well, not remember me, but uh, Oh Yeah, I, I forgot that happened. Go on. Is there only one nominee for this one as well? No, there's three. Excellent. Now, the first nominees. The nominees are... Yeah, yeah. Hang on. Well, press that button again. The nominees are... Right, we have Dean Hammond playing every game for the under-23s. <laughs> I did some stadium announcing at St George's Park when they used that as their home ground earlier on this season. I was like, Dean Hammond again? Yeah. Why have we... I've got a player who's named Dean Hammond. We used to have a player. Yeah. Oh, it's still him. So there's him. Uh, there's a guy who you've already mentioned already. The uh, Ben Hamer against yeah. Porto. yeah. And there is one more, and this is my nomination for this is who I think should win. The I'll press that oh yeah button again. Oh yeah. And it goes to Mola Wagyu against Millwall. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, see? This is how Him. This, this popped his shoulder out, didn't he? Yeah. And it, to be honest, in the Do you act- reckon it'd have been any good? Well, in the shower that was that game. He didn't do that. He didn't look that bad. He looked quite athletic. And Nobody knows who he is. It doesn't matter. He he, he looked okay. I know he's playing <laughs> against the pub team, but it was um, be interesting to, to have seen what might have happened uh, later yeah. on this season if he, if he'd have stayed fit. He'd have got a, a couple of goes, wouldn't he? Him and Ben Lawan. 
Imagine that. Ben, Can, ben and would you Molawagu. have any faith in two footballers that you know nothing about? The thing is with Molawagu... Um, Wag, Waggy. 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 Was that his name? I think there's an, an accent on the E. Waggy. Um, well, basically... Well, I don't know because I don't know who he is. No, I'm it, guessing. It, in his Leicester career, he kept a clean sheet and he played quite well. Lad. Shall we sign him permanently in the summer? <laughs> Can't do any worse than some of the... Dif- well, Vasilevsky, who's not there now, but anyway. Um, and uh, we have another award. Favourite TIFO slash favourite display. So this is the favourite TIFO slash favourite fans display type thing. Uh, I've got a number of uh, offerings here. We've gone for the TIFO for Seville at home. Let's slip the dogs of war. Of course, all the Shakespeare stuff and all that sort of business. Mm. Um, we've gone for uh, Copenhagen fans with their flares. Mm. I've gone for kind of a joint effort between Leicester fans at every single away game in the Champions League. Okay. Well, they did, didn't they, really? No, very good. Yeah. And, you know. Um, and uh, the final award is for basically the flags, the red, whites, uh, the red, the blue and... Where that came we're from? Not, we're not Cardiff, <laughs> mate. <laughs> where that come from? The blue, white and gold flags at the King Power for the Madrid game with the fireworks, etc. Okay. Now, this is quite an interesting <laughs> interesting award, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it really should go to the fans, possibly, travelling toward the away games. But... I absolutely loved the Let's Lit Dogs of War against Seville. And you're, the fox's you're eyes. so cultured. The, the fox's eyes and all that sort of thing at each end. Brilliant. Yeah. But for me, it has to be the flags. The blue, gold and white flags. It that, looked... That, that was my selection as well. It looked amazing. Mm. It looked amazing. I doubt... the. I mean, the King Power looked brilliant when we lifted the Premier League, the blue and whites, and with... Um, with What's his face singing? When the, Pacelli. Pacelli, when the when the the camera went to the helicopter and look, it just looked perfect. But I think it was beaten. Those flags looked just stunning. Well, we are only stunning. picking it from this season as well, so it doesn't have to beat it. Yeah, I, I can't see I can't see the, the King Power looking better than it did that game before that game. Um, and again, and I, this is this is what I do: go on YouTube and type in the flags against Madrid. And there's a number of people who have obviously filmed it inside the ground mm. from different corners. There's one chap in particular, I have no idea who the name is, whether they listen to the podcast or not, I don't know. And what they did, I'll try and retweet it from the from our account at, for Fox 8. And he was uh, stood right next to the away fans behind the goal. So he's in that north stand. And so he's got a great angle of the entire ground, you know, without the away fans, obviously, because he stood next to him. And that he's got a brilliant, brilliant video of the teams coming out with all it. It it looks fantastic, and that's the winner according to me. Shame our season ended then, isn't it? Final section of the final podcast of the 2016-17 season. Yay! We'll, we'll, we'll keep in touch with you over the summer, no yes. doubt, but this is officially the season-ending podcast for us. Uh, we are now going to rate the players out of 10 for their performance over the entire season. Right. And I also just want a yes or no as to whether you would like them to stay at the club next season. Not, no. Not will they, Not none, none of this, none of this... Uh, Will they, won't they? Would you like them to stay at the club next season? Okay, okay. Number one, Kasper Schmeichel. No, get rid. Useless. No, obviously, um, 
out of ten, I would say. Generally, on it, honestly, I would say ten, and I would say obviously I want to keep him. Ten, yes. Number two, who's not on this program by the way, I've only just remembered him, Luis Hernandez. Uh, no, because he's not, and non-zero. Actually, no, because he did play a couple of games. He played a few Champions League games, five. He did and, all right, didn't yeah, he? Five and no. Three, Ben Chilwell. Um, I would say seven, because he's promising games towards the end and the second half against Madrid, and yes. Seven and yes. Four, Danny Drinkwater. Um, I would say six and yes. Six and a half and yes. You can't have a half. All right, six. <laughs> Five, Wes Morgan. Uh, I would say seven be- and yes. Seven and yes. Six, Robert Huth. Seven and yes. Seven and yes. Seven, Ahmed Musa. Um, four and no. He scored more goals than than we give him credit he for. He scored four. Five, six, six. All right, let's give him a point. Let's give him a point for every. No, hang on. Let's give him a point for every goal that we think he scored. Right, this is well, supposed to be quick fire. You. you can't consult the stats. I'm, I'm consulting the stats. Back of the program. All right, let's have a look. Musa scored two in the league and two in the cup. So he gets four out of ten. Good. Okay. And no, we don't want him to stay. Okay. Uh, here's one that doesn't get a player rating, but we want to know whether you want him in this part of the first team squad next season. Number eight, Matty James. Yes. Yep. Because there's no point in not trying. No, and he was very good alongside Cambiasso all those years ago. Remember that? <laughs> that seems like ages ago. It does. Number nine, Jamie Vardy. Yes, and I would say eight. Yes and eight. Even though he didn't score for a while, but you know, there's lots of reasons behind that. Ten, Andy King. Uh, I would say a five. And a yes? Well, it's going to have to be, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> you can't get rid of King eight. Can't get rid of King. Yeah. Because we need... I want to go to a testimonial game. Has he been there 10 years? Surely. Yeah, In, in the been. first team squad, he's definitely been there 10 years. I've confirmed that with myself. Um, yeah, because when was the League One season? 07, 08 or 08, yeah, 09? 08, 09 or something like that. Mm. But um, I think it was 8, 09. So, yeah. King, yes. Five, though. 11, all Brighton. Uh, for me, I would say... Uh, Probably a nine, and yes. I was going to go eight and yes. So yeah, we're not we're not far off there. Uh, Twelve, Ben Hamer. By the way, are we are we level with what you're thinking at home? Because if not, then let us know. Um, ben Hamer, one game, five goals, three and no, no. You want to keep him? No, I'd rather have a younger goalkeeper. Okay, yeah, well we've got uh, the young Danish under twenty one international. There you Everson. go. He, he'll be he'll be what Ben Hemmer should be if he's going to be reserve or second reserve yeah uh, 13 Daniel Amati mixed bag for him yeah Pro- I still think there's a player there there really is a player mm. uh, would never in a million years give up on him at all so yeah obviously keep him um, I would say 6 really because when he has played he's been okay and I don't think him not playing has not been his fault still the experiments at centre half we'll see 6 and yes then for Amati uh, 14 Bartosz Kapuszka it has to be a four and yes because again who knows who knows might be a player in there 17 Danny Simpson uh, an eight and yes eight and yes I think he's been very good very solid 18 Molawagi. oh it's got to be a ten 
10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. I mean, it looked 100% brilliant. clean sheet re- and yes, record. Uh, sensibly, I'd have to say, you'd have to say a 7. Because yeah, I know he played, played one, one game and played one game right, and yeah. good for an hour. Um, and I would say, um, yeah. Well, because he's, he's on loan, isn't him. he? <laughs> yeah. He's on loan, isn't it? It depends. If we can get him for free... And Shakespeare actually wants him there. That's the key thing. If, if Shakespeare think, let's wants have a, him, have a look at him in the summer. Yeah, if if we want him, then keep him because. And if he's free, fair play. Nineteen Islam Slimani. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I would have to say it would be a six. Uh, the only reason I give him a six is because he has scored more than you think. If not, it would have been a five. Because obviously you've got to balance it out with the money we've spent. I still think there's a player there. It would be a yes for me. But if the money came for him, like apparently it did in uh, at Christmas, but that could have been nonsense, uh, from China, then I would sell. But for me, it's a six and a yes. Unless there's silly money. In unless life. money comes in for him again, i.e. the same what we paid for or more. 20 Shinji Okazaki. Um, I would say... For me, it would be a five. A five? Yep. Brutal. And it would be no. <gasps> you horrible human being. Yeah. I was going to say seven and yes. The reason I say no is because I think Shinji Okazaki, as much as he was amazing in our league winning season, he was, been, he was disappointing this season. He's still effective in a few games, but I think that's one... I know we need cover a centre-half and other places, but I think that's the one position... That would. You just want to get him out so you can fit Sigurdsson in. Yes, I do. I know no, you do. I think that's one position that we can really improve on, and it won't just improve our scoring; it will improve our midfield. I think it's one position we really need to spend money on and improve. And I'm sorry, but if Okazaki's not at the club, it frees up the space. So you've said five and no. I said seven and yes. So let's go six and maybe, shall we? You've gone seven in yes. Yeah. We've I like, like Shinji. I think he's a very effective footballer. I, I think uh, though, I think if we do buy a player to replace Okazaki and we want to keep him as an out-and-out centre-forward, um, would he be happy there? I'd imagine he'd be still be happy for a season. Yeah. And if he wants to stay and be that reserve, fair play. I'd have him still. 21, Ron Robert Zeller. Um It would be a... Uh, it'd be a five and no... The reason is, I think he's very limited as a goalkeeper. I think he's a very good shot stopper, and he'll be very good at certain places. But for me, but not here at Leicester. No, he needs to command his area more, and uh, he's, a, he's a decent keeper. But no, we we could do better. Twenty-two, Damari Gray. Obviously, it'd be yes, keep Damari Gray, and difficult to give him a rating, isn't it? Yeah, I would say seven, really, because. A lot of people have been banging on the drum of, of Dumari Gray. He's almost become a better player by not playing. He's deceived, uh, he's flattered deceiving a lot of his time on the field, but then again has shown flashes of absolute brilliance. And I'm not talking the goal at Man United or the goal against Derby. Proper good play all round. Mm-hmm. He, he, he has a lot of talent. He just needs to believe himself a bit more. And he needs more games, full stop. He, he does need more games. Yeah, I would agree. 23, Leo Joa. Uh, for me, no. I think it's time for Leo to move on. And I think he has been a four. Four or five in a year. Four. He, I know he played well against Madrid, but he was just a bad Yeah, 
Shame it's ended this way for him. I, st- well, I think I, it will end, but I think it will. But I don't think it's made a difference. I think if he goes, let's just say he goes to Brighton for five million or something like that. Well, um, we could, yeah, he, he would return, still, couldn't he? Oh yeah, he would still be. He would still be a hero to Leicester yeah. fans. Oh yeah, I don't think anything happened in the last year makes a difference. No, twenty-four non-police Mendy. It'd have to be a five uh, rather than say a four because he's been injured and he's not played well in a number of games when His he's apparently ankles been, are made out of glass. Yeah, he's not been. He's not played well when he against Millwall. That was the main game. Where he played well against okay. Arsenal. Yeah, I still think there's a good player there, and if he can get fully fit, then we'll see. But it'd have to be a four, and yes, because we've, we've not seen him. Yeah, twenty-five Wilfred and Didi. Um, I would say obviously yes. Now, out of ten, I would say an eight. Yeah, um, I wouldn't go mad and say ten or nine. But there is a real player there. There's a 10 out of 10 player there. there, There's a real player. 26, Riyad Mahrez. Um, It would have to be, for me, a 6. I wouldn't go as low as a 5 or a 4. A 6, because I think if you go back on the season, which we have done, he's played well in a number of games. Especially the big ones. Yep, he's contributed a lot to the Champions League especially. And there's been moments of brilliance. Nothing like last season. But I still say his average pass... He's still beyond virtually every player that we've got in the club. Yeah. And almost, we take it for granted slightly, Mares. I think so, yeah. We especially, want... especially after the performance levels from I'm, I'm not trying to make season. excuses for him because I've given him a 6 out of 10. But uh, is it time for him to move on? Yes, obviously, and we've discussed that. And again, the guy's a hero and he's probably the best player I've ever seen play for Leicester. Technically, he is the best player. 27, Martin Vasilevsky. Three. Three and no. Just Thank because, you. I, yeah, no, because he's not there. 28, Christian Fuchs. Interesting, Fuchs. Um, I would say overall a six because I think I'm I'm bracketing him in the same um, category as Amarez. I think he's been disappointing. He went m- really missing in those dark days yeah, when, we did. didn't, yeah, yeah. when we didn't score for so long and we kept on getting beat. He was shocking, really, really shocking. M- middle sort of three months of the oh. season, he was he was absent, wasn't he? And also, there's no reason for him to be in that bad. Whether it was him or he was a group of players where obviously something went wrong with you, we don't know, and we'll maybe find out in years to come. But for me, he's been very disappointing in that period. Would away from him? that side, away from that, he's been good. Mm-hmm. Final, final part of the season, very good. Um Good in the Champions League as well. Some exceptional performances. Look, actually. you're supposed to be giving numbers and yes, no answers here. I'm just reasoning why I gave him a six. Because right. people out there might go, ooh. But, uh, are, you, are you keeping him? Isn't this about the time in the, of his career where you said he was going to move off to America, America and let Chilwell come in and take first choice left back? So if you believe your own rumour mill, then you're going to say, no, no, don't keep him. I, I will keep him, but um, that, might, that could happen at Christmas. Could. Uh, and finally, remember me? Johan yeah. Uh I generally would have to say, honestly, for Benelouan, I would give him an eight. Yeah, I think he's stepped in and done really, really well. Because, again, he's not just stepped in for a game. He's had to play a number of games, something he's not done for Leicester. He's obviously got a lot of talents. He goes for the ball, which obviously means that he gets caught out and maybe gives away free kicks uh, a bit too easily. He's got a ricket in him like we saw at Man City. But I would have to give him an eight out of ten. Because, again, not just for his performances, but, again, on, on the touchline and away from the pitch, he seems like a good egg. Seems like a good pro, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're saying yes to keep him as well. 
I, well, it have to be a yes because we haven't got another defender at the moment. Good. There we go. That's uh, our summary of the season as succinctly as we could do it. It's taken pretty much the length of an entire football match to do so. Do you want a quiz? A one one quiz question quiz. Yeah, go on then. We've mentioned it already today. Yeah. Um, without looking online, and obviously I can prove that because he won't be, because uh, you've got to answer quickly. Yeah. Name the two Leicester goal scorers in a certain game. Nice what? and easy. What game? A 2-2 draw away at Stoke. Um, uh, and Didi? No. That was the home game, wasn't it? Yes. I'll let you off that one then. Fuchs? No. Musa? No. I'm not doing very well here, am I? No. Go on. No. Do I have to keep guessing? Yes. I could be here all day. Yes. Uh, are they obscure ones? Is that why you're asking me? Yes. King? No. Oh, crikey. I can't believe you. We drew 2-2. Two, two. two late goals. Oh, I can't remember. Hooth? No. Morgan? No. <laughs> Simpson didn't score. He doesn't score goals. No. This is this is brilliant. Old Brighton. No. Are you kidding me? Drink water. No. There's nobody left. No. Schmeichel. No. Ajoba <laughs> didn't score, did he? Yes. There we go. I've got I've got his written down. You see, so I looked when I was looking through the program and I was like, oh yeah. See, that should have been the award. Oh yeah. It was the other one. Press the button. It was it was the equaliser. Late goal. Mayhem in the away end. We've already established my memory is woeful. Everyone out there listens, who's listening to the show, they know. Of course they know. It was Daniel Armati. Oh, Ujoa, crikey. Ujoa Ujoa and Amati, and Amati scored wow. in the Premier League. <laughs> and on that note, folks, please stay in touch with us over the summer. We'd love to hear from you. We'll obviously tweet and Facebook throughout the summer. Pete's got something very special lined up visually that you'll see over the next couple of days, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Don't, um, tell, don't tell them what it is. Well, I was going to. All right, go on then. Well, first of all, with the awards and all that sort of thing, a bit of nonsense, but set, what do you think out there? If you disagree with us, then let us know. You can do in the usual places. Uh, for Fox Sake is on Twitter, at FFSpod, for Fox Sake, FFSpod. And then you can follow us on Facebook as well at the usual place. Just search for Fox Sake and you can find us on Facebook. The YouTube channel is uh, growing in numbers. So you can sign up to YouTube and uh, just click on subscribe. And it means that you can listen back to all the other shows. That All the shows are on Facebook, basically, uh, on uh, YouTube. And then uh, you can visit us at alamarchsport.com as well. Um, so let us know. We will be back over the summer uh, at different points and uh, if you want to ask us any questions you can do via email for fox 8 podcast at gmail.com any anything for the summer as well and like i said we, we won't be strangers we'll be uploading uh new podcasts every now and again and the best way to stay in contact is really twitter um the one thing that uh i that rob just mentioned was uh, i asked a few weeks ago regarding the um champions league memories and I was going to put down the Champions League memories into some kind of picture so everyone can read them and uh, it'll be nicely nice. Now, Guess I've, what, folks? He's done it. I've actually done it. And it and it looks bloody good. Well, that's the thing. I've just shown you now and, and uh, yep. you think it looks good. We've got to add your comment at the bottom yep. because that's the only one that we haven't got on there. The rest, of, it's all on there. Everyone who sent them through, thank you very much. Unfortunately, if you haven't sent one through, there's no more room because you'll see it's quite a big file. It's about 20 meg. I don't quite know how I'm going to crush it down even more. But uh, So that's available that'll be on the websites it will be on um facebook it'll be on twitter as well and that'll be uploaded 
pretty much the same time as this episode 70. So it's been a funny old... So make sure you have a, a look at that and read through. There's some really nice stories and people's memories of our Champions League campaigns. And, well, that's it really for the season. The season that we were in the Champions League. And, again, most clubs would who have podcasts and fans podcasts like this, they would say, oh, yeah, what a roller coaster season. But genuinely, you can't get much more of a roller coaster than what we've had. From the lows of Millwall and Ranieri and not scoring for so many games and being champions and being in the relegation zone to winning games on the bounce, the Man City match at home, the Liverpool game at home, the Champions League whole campaign, that game against Seville, taking Madrid to the wire, basically, in the quarterfinals you don't get much more of an up or down season like that. And to be honest, it's better than having a mid-table boring season. But we'll see what happens next season. Hopefully Shakespeare's the manager, because I think that's what we all want, well, especially here at Fox's sake. But we'll see what happens with um, the owners and which direction they'll go. And uh, stay in contact. Don't be a stranger. We won't be. And we'll see you in the next few weeks. And as always, up the city.